Hello, and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. And my name is John Keeley. This is the podcast segment of the show that is not broadcast on station KALA. Our noted guest for the 369th show is Dr. Denise Lodjibodir, retired associate professor of educational leadership at North Dakota State University, who will be talking with us about American Indian boarding schools and their impact on the Native American culture. Our history buff for today's show is Rick Sweet. Rick, the floor is yours. Thank you, John. Denise, uh, the uh, the uh, Native American Boarding School Healing Co- Coalition uh, announced a 10-year uh, strategic plan from 2020 to 2030, and I believe you got a, a $10 million grant uh, from uh, an organization's fund. What what is, what is the anticipated outcome uh, in this 10-year strategic plan? What what is the group? hoping to achieve. Oh, okay. I'm not part of that since I'm not on the board anymore. So I'm not familiar with, uh, with that strategic plan. Uh, I'm sure as a, as a member of the organization, I'll be getting an update or a newsletter soon on what uh, they plan on doing with that. But I know, I know from speaking to uh, several of the board members is that they, they want to continue doing more research. I was mentioning the research on boarding schools, and I, they want to be able to digitalize, I believe, some of their records at, at the boarding schools. Uh, that, that's going to be <clears throat> a lot of work in itself. As I mentioned before, I found um, 384 boarding schools, but I think they're going through and vetting even those boarding schools and then taking a look at records. But again, that's that's the, that one small part of research that needs to be done that the the coalition can can look at doing. We we have some researchers that are looking at right now on what was called the outing program. They would send, say, my auntie. They would send her to a white home, and she would pretty much be a domestic. You know, do all the housework and ironing and cooking and so on for them. Uh, often these kids were sent out to surrounding towns around the boarding schools and they would die. Uh, again, diseases or sickness, um, and they're, they're buried in, in different places around the United States. <clears throat> so I know there's a researcher, Lou, Dr. Lou White, that is researching Carlisle and trying to find some of the, the students there, the towns where, where they are buried. Uh, we need more research in, in just about every area that, that there can be for um, um, researching uh, more information on um, the effects of uh, boarding, uh, boarding school on survivors today. So um, I'm not sure what all the, the monies will be, be spent for, but I was thrilled to hear that they, they got a $10 million grant because, as I mentioned before they were operating we were operating on zero money when i was president we we had maybe 25,000 uh, 7,000 from different groups uh, so so i'm i'm happy for them and um, i think it's a one time grant so they have to look carefully at, at how they're going to be spending that money but it's the only well, what would you lo- what would you like to see as uh uh healing because healing is is a major part of, of this this effort. What what could heal the wounds of this 
tragedy. Yeah, I asked my uh, the survivors that I interviewed, and so many of them said uh, going back to their tribal spirituality, going back to the language. So what you know, as as a coalition, I know we we talk often and long about what does healing mean uh, for the National Boarding School Healing Coalition. Just what does that mean? And we know that every tribe is different. There was there over 560 tribes. So what healing would look like for my tribe would be different, say, for uh, Seneca tribe or for the um, Pine Ridge, uh, Ungalala, Lakota people. It might look different for them. So every tribe would need to come together and look at what healing would mean for, for their individual tribe. We're uh, probably about 70, 80, maybe 90% Catholic here. So maybe it would be uh, church ceremonies, or um, but but also we are also sun dancers and foot lodge people, um, and uh, uh, rain dancers. We we call it thirsty dance. So we also have our traditional sweat lodges and our traditional Ojibwe ceremonies that that would be healing ceremonies for us here. Is it talk therapy? Uh, we we would look to Canada who has uh, about 25 years on us on uh, ahead of us. Our as far as uh, working with uh, with what healing means, generally we would look at looking at language, uh, education. We need to get more education out across the United States, but even into our school system. I need to see more uh, training for people who work with uh, Native people in the mental health area, uh, school counselors and um, counselors, uh, therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists that work with Native people here. So, like, I was in therapy. I've gone through a lot of therapy because of trauma, just having boarding school uh, school parents, which is a whole other story. And uh, so I asked him, do you know about boarding schools? And he said no. So how could he help me as an Indigenous um, Native female who is in intergenerational trauma from historical trauma plus intergenerational trauma, uh, soul wound from my, my parents, um, how could he really help me deal with um, with trauma and PTSD in my life if he had no idea about boarding school? So we need that part of our healing is to educate um, people working with Native people. So we need ec- economic opportunities. We uh, just mentioned we need more research. We need more scholarship. We need more uh, help with family relationships and, and with our health and, and our well-being. So those are just some overarching, some huge areas that that would need we would need to deal with and monies to flow into those areas to help with uh with healing from just boarding school trauma denise are you at all worried uh, about losing um some of this information losing some of this essential history um you talked about most of the people you you talked with were 60 to 90 um, and you only talk to 30. Obviously, there are thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people out there. Um, is there a sense of urgency to try to create, to, to contact those people and, and create a, a larger database of, of kind of what went on? Yeah, absolutely. I have that sense of urgency. Uh, I, you know, every person that's lost, we say, is like losing a library. So all of the history that 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 would, would go with them. I look at the Holocaust survivors, uh, those that survived the Holocaust are, are slowly uh, dying also. 
and um, it's like I never, I never want to forget what happened at the Holocaust, and I also don't want anyone in the United States to ever forget what happened to uh, Native people uh, with the boarding school era. So I, 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 just like I, I always used to say, every Holocaust survivor needs to tell their memoir, needs to have their story recorded. I want every boarding school survivor to have their story recorded so that uh, their families and, and um, the uh, people in America, uh, non, non-natives, never forget what happened to us. So, yes, there is a sense of urgency to interview and to get the stories uh, recorded. All right, let's take that in a kind of a different direction. You mentioned earlier that there were uh, Native American boarding schools and communities that were hardly aware of their existence or the horrific uh, practices and treatment of the children that were there. Have other communities throughout the nation, I'm hoping I'm hearing one from you, stepped up and said, you know what, this this institution was a part of our community. We were incredibly uh, guilty by a na- being naive in association. Uh, they've come around in a modern time and, and have accepted uh, these, these institutions and tried to educate people about them. Or is this just, you know, it's not happened? I think it's wishful thinking. <laughs> no, it's not happening. Oh, yeah, it probably you know, I, is a lot of wishful thinking, yeah. Okay. Uh, I spent a lot of time at Carlisle and in the town of Carlisle. And the, the townspeople, they have no idea what happened at Carlisle. And Carlisle is still being run as a war college right now, so but it still has some of the original buildings. So a lot of us still go, go out there to pay um, tribute to the, the kids that were there and the kids that died and, and so on. The boarding schools that still exist, uh, I know there's uh, on reservations, the the tribes themselves are trying to raise money for a few boarding schools across the United States. I can't think of the one right now. I think it's in, I think it's in Michigan. Uh, they're trying to preserve them. And I know there's a there's a building called the Farmhouse in Carlisle that I'm part of a, a group of people that are trying to preserve that farmhouse as a um, sort of like a, a place of, of healing. Uh, a place where memories can be brought by by people who's because um, everyone is closed in 1918, so everyone passed away that went there. But we have like my great grandfather went there, so we, we want to build it as a place um, of, of a memorial to the the students that went there. So there's one other tribe I think in Michigan. Maybe I think there's some other tribes that have boarding schools on the reservations <clears throat> that are are trying to set up memorials uh, in in those buildings that costs millions of dollars to re- repair even one of the buildings. Um, so yeah, that's, that'd be one way to, to deal with it. Okay. Uh, Rick, I'm going to give you the opportunity to la- to ask the last question. Well, I'm just, uh, I'm just stunned. Uh, I was going to tell you, Denise, that I had ordered your book and hoping to get it before the show and, and to, uh, uh, go through it so I would be more educated on the issue. Uh, and uh, because Amazon.com apparently has got some labor issues and so much stuff is being pushed through their warehouses, it's not going to be here for another uh, actually week. But uh, how are your book sales going? Well, it's in a second printing, which was exciting. So that we it, 
caught us a little bit off guard. So we were actually, uh, Amazon ran out of books, uh, and so did the the press. But we're we're doing good now. So it's an exact second printing. Uh, we're looking at possibly one more printing and then going to um, to what they call it soft cover because they're all hard covers right now. Yes. So the book yes. well, as I mentioned, it is up now for six. It's being nominated for six uh, various awards at four different. Uh, publishing type company awards. I'm I'm still new to this. It's very exciting. <laughs> so we'll Excellent. find out end of June or May how it does. But uh but the book I wanted it, you know, I'm an academic but I wanted it to be able to be uh, the readability level to be able to be read by um anyone in the United States that that would want to read it and not have a lot of academic uh uh lingo in there. So uh the the 16 stories I, I, I interviewed, uh, boarding school survivors, and it's word for word from them, uh, what happened to them uh, from the time they were born until uh, they went to school and then their experiences at school and then how the boarding school is affecting their lives today. So you can extrapolate those 16 to the, the millions of Native people that are still living in the United States for um for the intergenerational trauma that we're still living through due to the boarding school era. So the, the book is doing well. I, I just, I want, I want to, I promise, like I said already, I promised the survivors that I would tell the world their story. I would tell the world what happened to them. And that's what this book is doing. And I appreciate the opportunity to uh, be on your program to um, get this information. We, app- we applaud you. We applaud you. Well, and Denise, give us the title one more time just so that everybody can uh, can hear it. It's called Spooning Rosaries, The History, <clears throat> The Unforgivable, and The Healing of Northern Plains American Indian Boarding School Survivors. Okay. And one quick note before, you're, are you having a book signing uh, in June? I'm just looking at the site and looking over the book. Um, all of my book signings have been canceled due to the virus. Oh, hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's- yeah, I was going all over Wisconsin, Alabama, uh, Minneapolis. I was going all over, and they've they've all had to. And a lot of the universities, of course, they all they all had to shut down. Sure. Well, we would like to thank our guest for this 369th show, Dr. Denise Lajo Madier, a retired assistant professor of educational leadership at North Dakota State University. And we've been talking about American Indian boarding schools and their impact on Native American culture. The history buff for today's show is Rick Sweet. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2, 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 PM. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Just put KALA HD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI shows. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.